It's time for another trip through the golden history of Hollywood and another podcast from the Warner Archive Collection. I'm George Feltenstein, and I'm proud to be your host for today's podcast. One of the proudest moments in the history of the Warner Archive Collection was when we were able to release Red Dust this past October of 2012. Only a year before, we had been celebrating the career and 100th birthday of Gene Harlow and had a seven-film set in which Red Dust was notoriously absent. The reason why it was absent is we were not able to remaster the film to the high quality that the consumers want. A year later, circumstances changed, and we had a beautiful new master of Red Dust that we released on DVD in October that has become one of our best-selling titles. Why? Because Red Dust stars Clark Gable and Gene Harlow, directed by Victor Fleming, who would later go on to direct Gable in Gone with the Wind, and Red Dust went on to be such a classic that Gable replayed the same role in a remake 21 years later that was called Magambo, under the direction of John Ford, with Grace Kelly and Ava Gardner taking over the roles originally played by Mary Astor and Gene Harlow. But it was 1932's sizzling pre-code Red Dust that really ignited the careers of Gable and Harlow. And that's why Red Dust is one of the biggest sellers within the Warner Archive collection and is available for purchase on DVD at our website, warnerarchive.com. So to honor Red Dust on this podcast, we bring you a radio version from 1940 and has Clark Gable recreating his original screen role. Unfortunately, Miss Harlow passed away three years earlier, but stepping into those shoes quite respectably and admirably is none other than Miss Anne Southern, who starred in the Maisie series of films, which is also available from the Warner Archive collection. And Anne Southern and Clark Gable make a lively pair in this radio adaptation of Red Dust, as originally heard on the Screen Guild Playhouse, October 6, 1940. So let's travel back to 1940 and relive the radio version of Red Dust. Anne Southern, Rita Johnson, Jeffrey Lynn. The Gulf Green Guild Theater. Your host and director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. On behalf of your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies, welcome to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. We're glad to have you with us tonight. And when I say us, I'm speaking not only for myself, but for Clark Gable, Ann Southern, Jeffrey Lynn, and Rita Johnson, tonight's Gulf Theater stars. They're waiting to bring you one of the greatest motion picture successes of all times, Red Dust, adapted for radio by Charles Saswell. You know... Clark Gable and Ann Southern both give their all for MGM. And although they've never been in the same picture, they've always wanted to work together. So here they are. You see, this is really the one place in Hollywood where the stars can do what they've always wanted to do. That's one reason why the Gulf Theater is known as the stars' own theater. It's the stars' own theater for another reason, too. The money that would ordinarily go to the stars who appear here, Gulf gives instead to the Motion Picture Relief Fund. And the fund, in turn helps take care of the many workers in the motion picture industry who can no longer provide for themselves. In tonight's play, Red Dust, 
Clark Gable plays Dennis, Ann Southern plays Van Teen, and Jeffrey Lynn and Rita Johnson are heard as Mr. and Mrs. Willis. I'll step into the character of Limey. And now, Frank Tours raises his baton to conduct Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra in the opening theme of Red Dust. <laughs> lies French Indochina. On the hot, steaming, fever-ridden banks of the river winding through the jungle from Cholon to Saigon is the rubber plantation of Dennis Carson. Dennis, dressed in dirty white ducks, has just boarded a steamer tied up at a plantation wharf and hailed Limey, the captain. Hi, Limey. Hello, Denny. Where have you been keeping us, Ark? You're a day late. I got caught up on a sandbox. Don't give me that. The bar you hung on was in Cholon, and the bartender's name is Charlie. Now, Denny. Any passengers aboard? I'm expecting a new man named Willis. Right, you are. He's in the cabin app. I think he eats kind of got him. Got a quiet eye to fix him up. I'll round him out. He looks kind of puny for one around. You get over that. It'll be shipped back on your next trip. Hey! Oh, sorry. Wrong room. Hey, Fancy! Wait, stop! Hold on a minute. It's me, Denny. Denny? Denny! Gee, I'm glad to see you. Hey, you better brush up on your bottle throwing. You missed me for two inches. Oh, hey. hey easy. You want to choke me? What's the matter? You're playing hard to get. How long does a gal have to wait to big cheer? When you hear the next musical gong. Well? <laughs> I heard it. Oh, Denny, you do love me, don't you? I'll give you three guesses. What am I, a quiz kid? Hey, come to think of it, I ought to be pretty sore at you. What for? Don't give me that. You said you'd come back to Saigon in two weeks. Well, I couldn't get away, Van Dean. I had to sit up with a thick friend. What's her name? I call her Queenie. She's my best rubber tree. Here, here, let me look at you. You miss me? Oh, honest to goodness, Jenny, I've been so long before you could have died. Sure, sure, I bet. Hey, what have you been doing in so long? Dancing. But a gal can't get top billing down there unless she has hits like a water buffalo. I'm on my way back to the old job in Saigon. Say, say, you wouldn't be going to Saigon, too. Nope. I just came aboard to pick up a new surveyor. Oh, Denny, come along and have some fun. You're the only good guy ever met in this neck of the woods. Well, I can't possibly get away till the next batch of rubber is cooked. But you need a vacation. I'll be down in two weeks. You said that once before. Well, I mean it this time. Yeah, I know your promises. With no encouragement at all, I'd stay right here and see that you keep this one. Well, now, look then, Dean. Sure. Well, I can stay with your foreman's wife. She's asked me to visit her a dozen times. Nope. No soap. Why not? Because a rubber plantation's no place for a girl. Mosquitoes, fever, sunstroke, and flies are plenty trouble without you doing a rumba through the work shed. Oh, Danny, please. Nope. You go on to Saigon, and I'll see you there in two weeks. On a break. Oh. Come on now. Give me a kiss. I gotta pick up my surveyor in the next cabin. I'll be waiting for you, Danny. Don't disappoint a girl. I won't. So long, baby. So long, Hanson. See you in Saigon. Yes? Yes, come in. Hello? Hello. Are you Mr. Carson? That's right. You're Gary Willis, I take it. Yes. Well, this just happens to be the place you get off. Is your double back? I, uh... Well, I think so. You see, I had... Rather a bad night. Gary, so I... darling, I booked off through the medicine kit and I... Oh. Oh, I beg your pardon. Who are you? 
This is my wife, Barbara, Mr. Carson. Your what? My wife, Babs. This is Dennis Carson. How do you do? You mean you brought... You didn't say anything in your letter about a wife? Well, we've been married such a short time that Gary often forgets to mention me, Mr. Carson. But I shan't be any trouble. I promise you. I'm sure you won't. Because you're both going back where you came from. But, Carson, there's no need for that. I... I... Gary. Hey. Hey, what's the matter? Just, just a little dizzy. This awful heat. Sit down. Come on. Let me see your tongue. He hasn't felt well since we left Cholon, Mr. Carson. Now, let's feel your pulse. Uh, it's nothing serious. I've never had anything. You have this time. You're starting an attack of fever. Fever? Listen, Mr. Carson, I'm... Stop getting excited, both of you. Well... It's the surest way to help it along. You can make yourself useful, Mrs. Lowe's, by getting the rest of your stuff back while I fetch a litter to carry him off the boat. Mr. Carson, wait. Well? Could I speak to you outside for a moment? All right. What is it? Is there a doctor here? Nearest doctor's in Saigon. Three days downriver and three back. Then we must go on with the boat. Frankly, I wish you could, Mrs. Willis. You saved me a lot of trouble. I've got a little conscience left. He wouldn't stand a chance bumping around in the cigar box. But these are dangerous. Gary's got to have medicines and someone who knows what to do. I'm not so bad in a pinch. I treated every coolie on my plantation for everything from spots to snake bite. And I've only lost a couple. You're not a doctor and Gary's not a coolie. No. And at the present time, he's not half as valuable. I won't let you risk his life just because you're angry at him for bringing me along. You have no business being here. Mr. Carson. Well, since you are here, I'll give you some pointers on practical nursing so you can take care of him while I'm away. You mean you're going to leave him? What do you think? I think you're the lowest, most odious man I've ever met. I work this plantation, Mrs. Willis. You don't expect me to sit and hold your husband's hand, do you? Why, you... All right. If slapping me makes you feel better. Now that you let off steam, go and get your stuff back. I'll be back with a litter in ten minutes. Is he out of danger, Mr. Carson? It's a pretty safe bet you won't be a widow. Oh. You must be awfully tired. You sat there by his bed the whole night. I don't know how I can ever thank you. Forget it. I, um... I'd like to apologize about yesterday. No, no. I'm the one who should apologize. I'm terribly ashamed. We both owe you a great deal. I'll take your IOU. Shake on it? Of course. Mr. Carson. Yeah? Yesterday you said I didn't belong here, but don't you think I can fit in? Would you mind if I made it my job to see that you do? I'd be very grateful. You know, I like people who stand up and fight back. Especially if it happens to be a woman who looks extraordinarily beautiful when she's doing it. And even more beautiful when she's calmed down. <laughs> so you can make pretty speeches, too, when you want to. I'm a civilized barbarian. You mean you don't wear rings through your nose? That's right. And I've given up cannibalism. Been on the wagon for three months. <laughs> That's wonderful. I do congratulate you, Mr. Carson. You know, you remind me of someone. Do I? Who? A girl. A long time ago in London. What was she like? Well, something... Something like cream velvet. And a gravy like you. You sort of took my breath away this morning. You're the first lady who ever rode that boat downriver. That's one reason I... Who's there? Hey, anybody else? It's a woman. Yes, I'm afraid it is. Surprise! Hello, 
Danny. What's the idea? Back from a boat ride. Why aren't you on your way back to Saigon? A boat back, that's all. Well, well. Sitting up with another thick rubber tree. Never mind the cracks. How'd you get here? Well, simple. We got about a mile down river and Limey nosed the old scow into a mud bank. You mean there was an accident? You got it right the first time, sir. Well, Denny, I guess you'll just have to put me up to the boat switch. What? Oh, you know, just a week, a month, a year. I'm not kind of a gal who overstays her welcome. Just, just what were you doing when the boat ran into the mud bank? Oh, just listen to him. He has the most suspicious nature, hasn't he, Miss, uh... Oh. I didn't catch the name. Oh, uh, Mrs. Willis, Van Dien. How do you do? You were on the boat coming down, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it a quaint trip? Quaint? Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Terrifically quaint. You know, I've been visiting my dear, dear brother upriver. He has a lovely place. It's carpeted after our old family plantation at Blue Blood, West Virginia. Cotton and honeysuckle like mad. Have you all ever been there? No, unfortunately. Oh, but y'all must have heard about Jefferson. I was supposed to just lie around home and be fanned by my old nurse. But I'm the restless, adventurous type. <laughs> I just adore danger. Really? You want to carry a lantern? Yes. Yes. It would come in handy. The guys I meet give me plenty of oil. How interesting. You'll excuse me? Goodbye, Mr. Now, you better explain, handsome, and explain fast. It's none of your business. But Mrs. Willis is the wife of my new surveyor. That's very interesting. Would you tell me why you sent me on to Saigon and you let that dame move in on you? She's not a dame. She's a lady. Oh, so she's a lady. That's right. Meaning that I'm not? I didn't say that. Nobody has to draw me a blueprint. I get it. You gave me the cold shoulder because you thought little Van Teen might embarrass her ladyship. Now, look, Van Teen, if you'll just be reasonable. Reasonable? Well, that dame high had me all the way down from Cholan, and right now i got a darn good hunch she's making a play for you. What are you talking about? I told you she's married. From the way she was looking at you, somebody ought to remind her of that. Now, get this. You're going to stick around, and I suppose you'll have to till the boat's fixed. You'll watch your step and lay off that kind of talk. Gee, I just noticed. Don't you look nice, all shaved and dressed up fancy? Oh, behave yourself, or you'll go back to Saigon slung in a hammock. Gee, and you even smell pretty, too. Stop sniffing at me. <laughs> if the wind's right, they'll be holding their noses all the way to Saigon. And another thing, lay off that guff about your old family plantation in Virginia. Oh, uh, West Virginia. I'm not kidding, Pandy. Okay, Danny. If that's the way you want it, I'll keep the fire in the background. You won't even be able to see me on a clear day. Just keep it in mind that I have no feeling for Mrs. Willis, but one of the greatest respect. Huh, well, I heard that one before. That remark just goes to show the difference between you and a lady. Good night. Danny. What? Before I go into the silences, let me give you a word of advice, handsome. Well? The only difference between a lady and a dame is geography and climate. This happens to be Indochina and the monsoon season. When the big blow comes, hold on to your hat, brother, and don't say I didn't warn you. And so ends Act One of tonight's play, Red Dust. We have a few seconds before the curtain rises again, and a certain young man would like to take that brief moment to tell you about a discovery he's made. Bud Easton. Thanks, Roger. Ladies and gentlemen, 
As you know, last week was my first week here in the Gulf Theater. And naturally, like many of you, before I came here, I'd heard about Gulf Pride motor oil, and I knew that Gulf Pride had established almost unbelievable records for long-lasting economy and motor protection. But it was only the other day that I discovered just what makes Gulf Pride so exceptional. I found, of course, that Gulf Pride is refined from 100% pure Pennsylvania oil. But that's only the beginning. Gulf Pride is also super refined by Gulf's miracle-working alkalor process. This process, invented by Gulf, actually removes up to 20% more carbon and sludge-forming waste. No wonder, then, that Gulf Pride exceeds every known set of oil specifications, including those of the Army and Navy. No wonder, too, ladies and gentlemen, that I urge you to fill the crankcase of your car with Gulf Pride. See if you don't establish new records for economy and engine protection with America's record-breaking motor oil, Gulf Pride Motor Oil. is about to rise on the second act of Red Dust, starring Clark Gable as Dennis Carson, Ann Southern as Van Teen, Jeffrey Lynn as Gary Willis, and Rita Johnson as Barbara, his wife. Three weeks of stifling tropic heat have passed since Van Teen and, Gary and Barbara Willis came to Dennis's plantation. Gary has recovered from his attack of fever and is off on a last surveying trip before the jungle is claimed by the devastating rains of the monsoon season. He alone is unaware of the growing attachment between his wife, Barbara, and Dennis. It's a hot, sultry evening. Dennis approaches the house and speaks to the Chinese houseboy who's lighting a horse lamp. Oi. Oh, yes, see, Mr. Danny. Did you put that new lamp in Mrs. Willis' room? Oh, yes, see, Mr. Danny. Now, listen, there are a couple of pheasants hanging up in the back shed. Fix them up for dinner tomorrow night. You know, the way Mrs. Willis likes them. Oh, yes, see, Mr. Danny. I fix it. We'll make a water at the mouth. Hello, Romeo. Oh, hello, Bandy. How's the mighty hunter? I hope the pheasants didn't catch you. Don't try to be funny. Excuse me, I've got to wash up. Could you spare me a few minutes of your valuable time? All right, spill it. Three weeks ago, you said something about sending me back to Saigon in a hammock. Well? Well, bring on your hammock and coolies. I'm ready to go. What's the matter with you, crazy? I came in on a path, and I don't like the picture. It looks like an unhappy ending. Well, can I have the coolies? Sorry, I can't spare any. Look, Bandine. You'd be a lot happier and digest your food better if you try to understand the situation. It is. Oh, so it's a brand new and different situation, eh? But you're all proud, Ma Era. Back in Blue Blood, West Virginia, we all call it a triangle. But then everybody there is so very narrow-minded. I'm a fool for even hoping you'd understand. Look, Danny, why don't you get wise to yourself? You think you're in love, but you ain't. You don't belong in her world, and she don't belong in yours. You don't know what you're talking about. And if you're so upset about what you think is going on, you can have your hammock and coolies the first of the week. Thank you so very much. Don't mention it. Now, if you don't mind, I'll wash up for dinner. You don't know it, big boy, but you're already washed up. You're shivering, Barbara. You cold? No. Here, you better put the scarf around your shoulders. So these tropic nights fool you. Dennis. Yes? 
things like this do happen to people, don't they? People do suddenly look into each other's eyes and brush away the world around them, don't they? I guess they do. It never happened to me before, just this way. Mm -hmm. That's just a difficult thing. And I most wanted you to and wondered whether you were going to or not. Gary's got to be told that I want to marry you. We can't go on holding hands behind his back and stealing kisses in the moonlight. I know, but we mustn't hurt him, David. You've got to know that I tried to think of him, but no matter how hard I tried, all I could think of was loving you. Tomorrow I'm going down river where he's working. They're having trouble there with the coolies. Tiger's carrying them off the job. Think you tell Gary then? Yes. Has to be done sometime. Might as well get it over with. Oh, Dennis. I'm afraid. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Good night. And goodbye, my sweet. I'm starting at daybreak. By this time tomorrow night, Gary will know. Guess our tiger doesn't like rain. Or else, like Barbara, he's scared of thunder. And if he's hungry, he'll show up when he sends that water buffalo we staked out. <clears throat> hey, keep that gun under your poncho. You can't shoot a tiger with wet powder. Yeah, sure. I'm so excited I didn't think. Do we have to keep absolutely quiet? No. Cat can't hear us over this rain. Why, you got something on your mind? No, not exactly. I just wondered if Babs is sick or something. She... Well, she sort of promised me she'd come along whenever you paid us a visit. Well, it's, uh, it's a long trip, you know, bad weather. Oh, sure, I understand. I couldn't expect her to come out in this. She, uh, she didn't send a note or anything? No. No, I, uh, I left in a hurry. Just yelled into her I was going as they brought my horse around. Oh, sure, well, that explains it. What did she say? Say? Oh, oh, you mean when I rode off. Something about... Sending her love, I believe. Uh-huh. <laughs> she couldn't send very much. What? I brought most of it along with me. Oh. I, um... I guess you think quite a lot of her, don't you? <laughs> what are you laughing at? That's such a funny way to say it, Mr. Carson. Such a terrific understatement. Yeah? I guess you've never been in love, have you? That is, not in love with a girl like Babs. Maybe I haven't. What's it like? Like? Well, it's... Sort of belonging. Of being a part of each other. So that you laugh when she laughs. And cry when she cries. And if she died, most of you would die. <laughs> Same way when you fall in love, Mr. Carson. Suppose, uh, instead of dying... One of you just went away. Went away? Why? Oh, any reason. Maybe, uh, one of you stopped being in love. Stopped being in love? Babs and me? It happens every day. Now, that's to everyday people. It couldn't ever happen to us. But, uh, suppose it did. Well, then it couldn't be for long, Mr. Carson. Only for a little while. Why, we belong together as... Well, as you belong to these swamps and jungles. No matter how far any of us wandered away, we'd all come back eventually to where we belonged. I, I guess I don't put it very well. Yes, I think you put it swell. 
Well, well, you really in love with her? Me? Of course not. Women are all the same to me. You're a liar, Jimmy. A great, big, beautiful liar. I hate to go away and leave you like this, but you don't want me around. I ain't no lady. Hmm. And I ain't no gentleman, baby. Oh, yes, you are. There was a swell act you put on to bring those kids together. I've got to hand it to you, Danny. Thanks. But, gee, you're an awful fool. Oh, look who's talking. Didn't I say you'd get into a mess? I always suspected you were the kind of a dame who said, I told you so. Oh, yeah. Well, for two cents, I'd take that boat. Yes, and if I wasn't flat on my back, I'd put you on it. Is that so? Well, all I hope is you don't take a cold when I breeze out that door. That's right. Take a run out, powder. Go ahead. Leave me here to supper. Go on. I'm going. Well, why don't you go? Well, you don't have to rush me. What are you stalling for? Who's stalling? You are. I know what's in your mind. Oh, a mind reader, eh? You think if you hang around long enough, there's a slim chance I might ask you to marry me. Why, you big liar. Don't fool yourself, baby. I'd rather lie here and die all alone. Why, I wouldn't marry you if you were the last guy left in the whole... Oh. Oh, gee, Danny, you wouldn't kid me, would you? You're the dizziest dame in Indochina. I must be nuts or I wouldn't even bother with you. Here I am, raving with fever, and you take me serious. Oh, Danny. Hey, hey, stop it, will you? You can't go dropping tears in a bullet wound. Did you ever hear of hygiene? We had a part in tonight's play for our announcer, Bud Heaston, but at the last minute we had to cut it out of the script. We were short on time. Yeah, it was such a beautiful part. Gee, Roger, Gable and Lynn get all the breaks. Playing opposite Ann Southern and Rita Johnson. Look, uh, Roger, why not let Bud read his part now? We've got the time. That's a swell idea, Clark. I'm for it, too. All right, Clark. Jeff, how about you, Ann? Would you read your part? Oh, I'd love to. What page is that? Gee, page one. Okay. (laughs) Ready? Get set. Music! Tis I, my beautiful one, tis I. Oh, he's unbelievable, but tis you. Tell me, how did you get here so fast? Uh, The truth is indeed dramatic. I got here so fast because I filled my car with America's stepped-up gasoline, the new golf gasoline. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want a gasoline that is truly new... Stepped up to be truly better than ever before, try the new Gulf gasoline. Either good Gulf or Gulf no knock. The new Gulf gasolines have been stepped up all around. Stepped up in pickup and power, stepped up in anti-knock qualities, stepped up in dollars and cents performance value, which means that you get a faster accelerating, smoother running motor that's amazingly quiet. So next time you need gas, remember Gulf. Drive in at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc, and ask for a good gulf if you want a top regular gasoline, or ask for Gulf No Knock if you want a premium gasoline that's not proof under all normal driving conditions. Remember, good gulf, Gulf No Knock, America's stepped up gasoline. Gulf Theater proudly presents the pair you've all been waiting for, Vivian Lee and Lawrence Olivier, in Noel Coward's great comedy, Private Lives. Miss Lee and Mr. Olivier portray a divorced couple who meet again on their second honeymoon and suddenly decide to fall in love all over again. It's a merry, mad mix-up, and you'd better make a note right now to be at the Gulf Theater next Sunday night. 
with Vivian Lee, Lawrence Olivier, and Oscar Bradley's orchestra with Frank Tours conducting. Until then, this is Roger Pryor saying good night, everybody, for your neighborhood good golf field. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. We certainly hope you've enjoyed that radio adaptation of Red Dust, starring Clark Gable and Ann Southern, adapted from the 1932 MGM classic starring Clark Gable, Gene Harlow, Mary Astor, and Gene Raymond. And want to remind you that many of Mr. Gable and Miss Harlow's films and Ann Southern's films are available at our website, warnerarchive.com, where the offerings now pass 1,500 classic and recent motion pictures, television series, animated series. We have something for everyone, and we want you to come by and check out warnerarchive.com to see what new releases we're offering each and every week. We also recommend that you try our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash warnerarchive, and let us know what from our vault we should liberate and bring your way on DVD. Meanwhile, we thank you for listening to this Red Dust Classic Radio podcast and hope you'll look forward to the next offering from the Warner Archive Collection.